Welcome to a brand new edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. If if, if you love baseball, uh, it's it's going to be a great podcast. If you couldn't care less about baseball, there's still going to be a lot that you will glean from uh, from our guest today. Bubba, our guest is Dayton Moore. Now, I was looking over. You know, I, I heard about Dayton through our friend, our mutual friend Scott Dawson. Uh, but when I started going through his uh, bio, I realized that I've, I actually knew a lot about Dayton. Just didn't know he was the one doing some of this. <laughs> right, but right. but uh, he, he was with the Atlanta Braves for 14 straight divisional titles uh, and then went on to make um, you know uh, a lot of uh, history with the Kansas City Royals uh, where they played for two World Series back-to-back in 14 and 15, won it in 15. Uh, and so uh, we have a lot to talk about. So without further ado, welcome to Rick and Bubba University, Dayton Moore. Hey, Dayton. Well, yeah. Hey, guys. So happy to be with you. Thanks for having us. So, you know, when you, when you think about your your history, I think Bubba usually we start. How in the world did this happen? How did you get involved <laughs> in in the in the business that is baseball? Well, I mean, probably like a, a lot of, you know, young people. I mean, um, you know, I can't recall a day in my life where I haven't thought or dreamt about baseball. Uh, that's good and that's bad, right? And uh, so that means that some aspects of my life, I guess I've been stranded in adolescence a little bit. And uh, But, you know, just, just pursuing something I love and, and uh, probably like you and, and many of the people you care about. I mean, you just, you want to pursue something you love to do. And, uh, you know, I had a lot of great mentors and opportunities along the way. Um, you know, you mentioned, uh, you know, our start, you know, with the Atlanta Braves. And um, I started there in 1994 as an area scouting supervisor. And of course, at the time, you know, the Braves were, you know, beginning uh, the, the stages of one of the most historic accomplishments in all professional baseball, winning 14 straight division titles. And uh, so to be around people like Paul Snyder and John Scherholz and Bobby Cox and and so many other people and to watch all those great players, uh, you couldn't help but naturally uh, just be drawn to it and and uh, and just be, like I said, pursuing something that uh, you just you know love to do. Dayton, we know better than anyone what a miracle that was because when Rick and I both started oh. in the radio business, we we worked for stations that carried the Atlanta Braves, <laughs> and this is back during the uh, Rick Camp era uh, before uh, Horner got there, and you know it was just really really tough baseball back then. Yeah, you know it uh, it was, and you know I got a chance to you know, to, to spend time with a lot of the people that were, uh, you know, on the ground floor of, of building that dynasty. And uh, you know, I remember one thing that Stan Caspin told me, he said, look, he said, during those early years, um, you know, we were losing a hundred games there. We were drawing about seven, 800,000 fans a year in Fulton County stadium. And, and uh, it was difficult. It was a challenge mm-hmm. for us. He said, but we had the support of Ted Turner. And as long as we had the support of, of Mr. Turner, uh, we felt that it would free us up to, uh, to to put a long-term plan in place. And, of course, you know, we know what happened. They hired John Scherholz. Uh, Paul Snyder was, uh, you know, overseeing scouting and player development. Bobby Cox uh, was a part of that. And, and they built it through scouting and player development. They built it from in players that were homegrown, that cared about the community, uh, cared about winning for one another. And so it was just a magical time, uh, certainly in the history of the Braves, but also in baseball. Uh, Dayton, let me ask you this. Of course, every GM that comes in has a plan to turn their organization around and hopefully win a World Series. 
the Braves were so successful at that. But what what makes the difference? I, I know you said that they they use their own uh, minor league system to bring in and develop players, and and they kind of had an idea, I think, for the right fit. But how do you decide if a guy is going to be, you know, a, a Greg Maddox or a, a you know somebody like that as opposed to somebody that doesn't get there? What what is 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 it luck or is it really having the talent to spot the little things that make the difference? And what is that, Bobby? That's a great question. And what I would tell you is somebody who's grown up in the game and and um, you know made my you know earned uh, and provided for my family in this game and learned to evaluate. I mean, the evaluation of players um, really isn't as difficult as as you might think it is. What, what the the difficult thing to determine is you know their character what's inside of them um you know how driven they are are they are they able to make good choices off the field that to free them up uh to pursue uh you know what they need to to do on the field because you know baseball is a game that requires focus concentration discipline uh you know 13 to 18 minutes of action in a major league baseball game when you exclude the pitcher and the catcher. That means players are thinking about a lot of different things, and it requires that focus and concentration. And, and you know, if, if there's a lot of things externally that they're dealing with off the field, um, choices that they're making that are getting in the way of their development, I mean, that's the things that's most difficult for us to determine and uh, in, in scouting and, and developing players. And so that's what the minor leagues is for. And so if you have a minor league system that can come alongside of your players in a very nurturing way, in a, in a development way, in a teaching way, um, modeling the behavior you want seen in champions, and, and I think that's what we did and we carried with us to Kansas City. And we were, de- we were able to develop our own players that um, were uh, focused on winning for one another. And, uh, but you've got to develop them. Um, you know, identifying the talent really isn't as, as difficult as you might think. It's determining, you know, what their character is going to be like and, uh, and who they're ultimately going to become as, as men. You know, when I hear that, and I agree with all of it, I mean, I know all that to be true, and there's no way for you to know that because we weren't alive then. But when I hear what you're saying, I find myself wanting to ask you, just from your baseball knowledge, how good a player do you think Babe Ruth could have been? I mean, because <laughs> he certainly wasn't disciplined. He certainly had all kinds of stuff going on off the field. Um, you know, Different era, Rick, yeah. different era. Well, you know, you know that's, that's, that's a funny story. You know, So I grew up in an era where – you know, you'd run tryout camps in a very traditional way. And, and uh, of course, when I started with the Braves, they, they had a, a kind of a, an unwritten rule that the first thing you did was run the 60, right? And if your 60 time wasn't a 7-0 or under, you got cut from the tryout camp. And wow. I, I remember thinking to myself, well, heck, I wonder if Babe Ruth would have ever been yeah. discovered <laughs> because he probably wouldn't have ran a 60-yard a 60 dash under, under 7-0. No, you need a calendar. And uh, it, yeah, exactly. And so, anyway, it's it just speaks to how times have, have changed a little bit. But uh, yeah, that's that's well, a, that's a good question. Well, you you bring up a good point. We all saw Moneyball and we loved it. Uh, how much does the 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 metrics of the game matter? 
And how much did that figure into the way that, that you were involved building teams as opposed to just what I would call the eye test? Yeah. Well, I think it's a combination of both, Bubba. I really do. And I think it's important to, to use the information, use the data, use all the necessary uh, statistics that are available to you. Um, but uh, I tell you how I've always used it. I've always used that data, that information to validate my judgment as an evaluator or perhaps uncover or uh, a player that maybe my eyes weren't seen. And I, and I use the data to look deeper, to ask more questions, uh, to maybe evaluate in a different way. But I think it's all very, very important. But at the end of the day, what wins championships, in my opinion, is, is competitiveness, um, it's, it's toughness. Uh, you know, there's a lot of players that, you know, you'll look back on their season and you're looking at the stat sheet and you're saying to yourself, you know what? Wow, this player had a much better season than I thought. And you think that way because when you look back over it, you can't recall, you know, one big hit that they had or, or one big game that they pitched. Um, but when you look back over the data and the information, it was pretty consistent. And then on the other hand, there's players that you, you look back on the year and they said, man, you know, I thought they played much better than that. I thought their statistics would be better because you can remember mm-hmm. the big hits and the big plays and uh, the important pitches that they executed. And so, uh, again, you, you've got to find players that know how to win games and that are committed to the team. And because baseball requires consistency over 162, you certainly have to pay attention to the statistics. Look, statistics don't lie. They certainly tell you something. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, you got you got guys that uh, that want to play for one another and compete for each other for over 162, and I believe that's what ultimately wins championships. Oh, that schedule! I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's I'm, I'm, I'm glad you said that because I mean, you got players that I'm sure have a lot of talent, but you've got to to try to figure out. Did you get to where you could kind of tell whether a player had the 160 what two game? Yeah. Uh, in them because I might be a great player, but it may be the grind I can't handle. There's no doubt. I was talking to a, another major league executive uh, this morning, and uh, we were talking about just that. I mean, we were talking about you know who really has the desire and the ability to commit over 162 games. I mean, truthfully, there, there's a lot of players that realize after two or three years in the minor leagues that they really don't love this game because – Look, the, the game requires that you manage failure. Uh, there's very few days you put your head on a pillow at night and said, wow, I just had the, the most perfect day or the greatest game. I mean, most of the time you're dealing with failure. You're dealing with setbacks. And, and, and uh, it, it's, you fail often. And uh, that discourages people. I mean, if we're honest, um, you know, oftentimes our attitude is reflective of kind of what we're dealing with and what we're going through. I'm not proud to say that, but, you know, I want to self-evaluate well. And just, and if I want to move past uh, some of my mistakes and, and some of my poor character traits, I've got to be honest about it. And uh, But a lot of players find out after, or, you know, a couple of years, man, this is – I can't go home. And uh, i got to do this every single day. And, by the way, it's not going the way I had hoped or, or – or expected, you know, there's nothing for me to post on social media. There's nothing for me to put on safe Facebook because 
you know, I, I'm not, I'm not performing very well. And, and that's where it takes a team yeah. and people around you that are, are care about you and are going to speak encouraging words to you and build you up and pick you up. And, you know, we all need that encouragement. Dayton Moore is our guest. We'll come back. We'll continue our conversation and, and talk about uh, when he took over as general manager and, and later president of baseball operations with the Kansas City Royals uh, when Rick and Bubba University, the podcast, continues. Bubba, it's one of our favorite topics, Tommy John. Uh, we, I'm wearing them right now, I right? know I am as well. If I need to model, no, I am available. Don't Let's not do that. Uh, I, I think that uh, the folks taking our word for it, is probably what they prefer, but but why? Because you, so so when you're when you're thinking about Black Friday coming up next next week, uh, it, it it makes you uncomfortable. I don't like to even think about it. But what if you could shop Tommy John's Black Friday sale from the couch? Yeah, that's bad. Now, okay, you so, could be in your Tommy John shopping. Yeah, that 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 feels as comfortable as a pair of Tommy Johns. So um, if you want to get you uh, or you know your loved ones on your Christmas list, Tommy John, uh, th- listen, there's a better way to do it, and you can do everything by going to their website. Here it is, TommyJohn.com/slash Rick Bubba. If you go there right now and and you shop Tommy John's Black Friday sale, and it's already started. You can get 30% off site-wide at TommyJohn.com slash Rick Bubba. Just put our names together. 30% off everything now at TommyJohn.com slash Rick Bubba. Uh, You can enjoy the gift of comfort. Uh, Everybody on your list, you can go, all right, first of all, here's some more for me. Uh, And then here's comfort for you, comfort for you, comfort for you. Uh, Tommy John underwear, loungewear, and pajamas are all available and there's a reason why there's 18 million pairs sold. Uh, Tommy John has become a tradition uh, during the holidays. Uh, 97% of women and men love getting the gift of Tommy John. So why don't you do it now? That's why they don't have customers. They have fanatics. TommyJohn.com slash Rick Bubba. 30% off site-wide. The Black Friday sale is going on now. Take care of it without ever leaving the couch. Rick and Bubba. University, the podcast. It is underway. Dayton Moore is our guest. We talked about briefly, uh, Dayton, just kind of how you think you build a team and some of the things you've seen be successful. So you go to Kansas City. First of all, tell us if you were prepared and, and if not, what you learned about the difficulties of trying to put a winning team on the field in a major market and a big market versus a small market. You know, that, that's a great question. And, you know, uh, I, I can tell you this, no matter who your mentors are, no matter how much success you've had, it's really um, hard to prepare, you know, for that opportunity when you sit in that big chair, because, it, you know, it moves really, really fast. And, you know, I found myself having to uh, make a lot of decisions quickly and uh, not having the, the time to obtain as much information as you'd like because it was just moving so fast. And, and so one of the things that we did was, and, and again, it was a small market at the time. It, it was a, is a small market, but at the time, we had very few uh, members on our staff with a lot of experience. And so what we tried to do is, is hire people with experience, with knowledge. I called them gray-haired men. I wanted a lot of gray-haired men around me um, because I think what we found Found and what I've realized that you know there's a lot of people that are highly intelligent. Uh, there's a lot of information out there, but uh, I think in some areas we lack wisdom, 
And uh, intelligence without wisdom can be a formula for disaster. And so, you know, that's one of the things that that we look to do is 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 put some wisdom around us. We're able to to bring over some some key people with us, and um, and then start uh, you know uh, making uh, decisions and putting plans in place. And you know, it took us for it took us about you know four to five years really to build that foundation that led to you know a World Series championship. And there was a lot of times along that journey. We were discouraged. Um, I wasn't sure that we were going to make it. Um, the fans were getting restless. Uh, <laughs> sponsors were asking questions. Season ticket holders were were uh, not renewing. And sometimes, you know, when, when that happens, whether ownership thinks you're a, you've got a great plan or a great guy, I mean, they realize that you know maybe we've got to make some changes. And we were fortunate that the Glass family. Uh, stood behind us and uh, believed in our vision. And, you know, we were able to bring a world championship to a small market. And, uh, you know, the first time that that's been done in the modern era of baseball and and let alone go to back-to-back world championships. But it was truly because of the the patience of ownership and the the great people that we had around us is, is why we were able to achieve what we were able to achieve. Dayton, uh, speaking of that, kind of clue us in what it's like behind the curtain, the relationship between the ownership, the GM, and the manager on the field. And I, I'm sure it varies team to team, but h- how does the, the how does that organization actually function? Does the ownership set the budgets for you and then you make the decisions or are they involved in some of those decisions? And how much does the manager have an input versus what you, the GM, has. Kind of, kind of lay that out for us how it was in Kansas City. Yeah, you know, Bob, that's a great question. And uh, you know, I always felt the, the the two most important relationships that I have are between the owner and the manager, and it's it's my responsibility to bring that synergy together in those areas. And uh, you know, I always told our managers, whether it be Buddy Bell or Trey Hillman or Ned Yost or or Mike Matheny, look. I'm going to ask you um, some very direct questions at times, but I want you to understand it's not that I'm not supporting you. Uh, it's because I need answers to be able to tell the owner uh, the answer to that question, because these are some of the questions he's going to answer or ask me. And I want to have those answers for him. And I'm going to do everything I can to create the necessary pathway for the relationship between the owner and the manager to thrive. And and because, again, those relationships are, are so important. But you're right. I mean, the, the the every team's a little bit different. But in Kansas City, Mr. Glass uh, was always uh, uh, very direct about what he felt the budget should be. But he was also he wanted to challenge us. And and and, and if we felt that there was a player or two that made a difference that perhaps required us to go over budget, we needed to validate that. We needed to um, uh, articulate why we felt this particular player would help us win a championship. And, and almost 100% of the time, he would support us. And uh, But, again, we just had to validate that. But, uh, again, those relationships are important. And, you know, every year in, in all aspects of sports, you know, um, there's an owner that uh, has a press conference or a general manager and they all sit up there on that stage and they say the following. We just hired the best man for the job, whether it be the general manager or the manager. And this is why. 
And, and then two to three years later, it's that same owner or general manager <laughs> setting up at the, the podium and announcing that they're making a change. All right. And that always disturbed me. And it always struck me odd that they could be so convicted just 24 or 36 months earlier. And then they come to an opposite conclusion, you know, 12 or 24 or 36 months later. And, and, and when you dissect why, it comes down to just communication. It comes down to um, relationships. And those relationships are so much more important than outcomes I've learned in this mm -hmm. game. And, um, you know, so again, it, you've got to work every single day to build that culture and that relationship. So you can have, uh, you know, very tough conversations that uh, are going to, are going to allow you to, to move forward together in a very transparent way. Would, uh, and, and I won't ask you necessarily for your personal experience, but with other teams, would a would an ownership do they usually just support the GM and say do what you think you need to do, or sometimes do they take a more direct approach? Hey, I want that manager gone, or I want that player gone, or or go get so and so, or did they have more of a I'm going to support you as long as I can, and then when I don't, I won't. How did how did how does that function behind the scenes? Yeah, that, that's I think it's different in, in all different organizations. I mean, the owners that I've had you know the pleasure to work with, um, David Glass, the Glass family, and John Sherman and his investment group. I mean, they've been pretty supportive with 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 whatever our vision is. Now, of course, you understand the budget, you understand uh, their timeline, you understand some of uh, you know what what they expect. And um, and then you try to go out there and execute that. But uh, I think for the most part, the owners are very supportive of what the leadership team is is trying to accomplish. And again, I think where it goes sideways is when um, you know things can get uh, a little personal because of maybe the team's not performing, and and oftentimes emotions get involved, and people end up saying things they they wish they wouldn't or or um, uh, you know, re keeping score, so to speak, when you make decisions about players that don't necessarily uh, go the way we all envision them to go. But look, in baseball, you're wrong at least 50% of the time. When you make trades, when you acquire players, when you're drafting players, the players that you take in the first round, you know, uh, 50 to 60% of those players don't even make it to the major leagues. And that doesn't happen in other sports. And so mm -hmm. baseball – is is a little different in the success ratio that uh, that that takes place, and so um, you know I think it, again it comes back down to just communication and believing in one another. So we'll come back and, and we'll talk more uh, about that about what's happened. You said it took some time at, at at the Royals at Kansas City, and we'll come back and we'll talk about you know that that process. Uh, and then, of course, back-to-back uh, -back World Series um, appearances and then winning it in, in 2015. Some some specific questions that go along with that that walk because you kind of set up some things I want to ask how you would suggest and how you maneuvered through some of the uh, the obstacles, obviously, that were in your way to, to get to the ultimate goal of the world championship. Uh, when our conversation with Dayton Moore continues, when we come back on Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. 
So, Bubba, everything we're going to be talking about. I mean, when when we did this uh, podcast, uh, the time that we were doing it, 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 and you know, some people listen to these things at different times. But you know, we're approaching Thanksgiving and then into Christmas and into the New Year's, and and you start thinking about things that. Um, that you want to do gift-wise, well, I want to take you to to manscaped.com. You go to manscaped.com right now, use our code Bubba20, and you get 20% off and free shipping. Uh, It's a great time for that because when you're looking – at the, the, the list that you have and, and you're, you're about to, you know, maybe start seeing family a lot more and it makes you start thinking about, you know, what, what, what you need to do. I mean, we all love Turkey and we love dressing Ooh. and, uh, and, Don't we, yeah, and we, we want to always look our best. Uh, and when you think about manscape.com, if it comes to a man, men and women are equal, but they're not the same. Uh, and the, and, and the things that men we need for our hygiene, to have our best look and is going to is going to be different than it would be for women. So when you start trying to give products made for women to men, it, it just doesn't it just doesn't work. Nope. So and, and I wouldn't suggest you give products made for men to women. Uh, so go to manscape.com. It is designed for men. There there's some great ideas there for uh, for gifts, but also you want to do that so you can look at your best when you see everybody uh, when Thanksgiving's coming up. So, so think about right now uh, all the people you're going to be interacting with, all the places you're going to go. You may want to go ahead and go to manscaped.com and, and get what you need to look your best. And Bubba and I and the guys here on the show, we absolutely love these products, their quality. I will tell you this, uh, you know, even just their, their shampoo and conditioner, um, you know, it's all in, in one bottle because a man doesn't want to have a, no. a shampoo we and, and, a, and a conditioner. Uh, I, my wife started noticing immediately. She was, I don't know what you're doing with your hair, but it looks fantastic. And I said, I've actually <laughs> started using these products from manscaped.com. She knew that. Now when she, uh, you know, knows that I'm almost out, she'll even order them for me to keep me, uh, you know, uh, always in supply. And of course we, we love the lawnmower. That's that 4.0 trimmer. Got that cutting edge ceramic blade, uh, reducing grooming accidents, and uh, their advanced skin safe technology, which they've trademarked, uh, gives us um, uh, you know the you don't get the nicks and the problems you normally get. The skin doesn't start looking rough. They've got that LED spotlight that goes on and off to help you you know when you're trying to shave here under your neck or wherever you might be shaving, uh, you can see clear. Uh, it's made for men, and it's uh, it's great for you, but it's also great for the men on your Christmas list. Go to manscape.com uh, and then use the code Bubba. T- I mean the code Bubba twenty, and you get twenty percent off everything on the site and also free shipping. That's manscape.com. So we're talking on this edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast with Dayton Moore, and and Dayton, I want to talk to you about the things that you were saying before we took a little break break there. So you get to Kansas City, you know it's a small market. It's a whole different deal. You're, you're never going to have the budget of the New York Yankees. Um, you know the Yankees have one way to do things, and 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 you have a way to do things. What did you take from Atlanta that you could apply at Kansas City? I know these are two different market sizes, but Atlanta's not New York. Uh, it almost is now, but uh, but but you knew you you knew you didn't have that kind of money. But what did you take from there that you could apply at Kansas City? Well, you know what we we were never highly. Um, this may surprise people uh, what I'm about to say because I'm a general manager of a major league <laughs> sports <laughs> team, but we were never ever focused on a- outcomes 
Uh, we were more focused on the process. We, we wanted to create a great organization where people wanted to work. Scouts wanted to work. Coaches and managers wanted to work. Players wanted to, to play. Uh, we were focused on the environment. And we knew if we could build a great environment, um, winning would have, uh, eventually take its place. And, and so um, that's what we were so focused on. It was scouting. It was player development. It was homegrown talent. That's how the Braves had built championships and their consistent run. And that's what we were trying to do. But at the end of the day, it was about the people. And we need, we knew we needed to have consistent leaders in place uh, as at, at high levels, because we were going to have a lot of turnover with players. And so we didn't want to have Mm. turnover with the key leadership positions in the organization. And so we knew continuity was going to be extremely important there. And so our processes were consistent uh, and, uh, you know, I'm proud of, again, like I said, I'm proud of what we were able to accomplish, but, you know, there was, there was three things that we felt were crucial in our hiring process with the people that we were bringing on board. One, they had to be able to apply moral principles in their lives and they needed to model the behavior that we wanted seen in our players. Okay. Secondly, we needed them to embrace diversity, uh, different cultures, different races, different backgrounds, um, different schools of thought. We needed to be open-minded and, and again, embrace diversity. And then thirdly, we wanted leaders that were going to compete and compete for one another, not compete for self, but compete for each other, because um, that's ultimately how you're going to create that great environment. What can I do each and every day to bring value to other people? How can I be redeeming towards them? How can I lift them up? How can I be a great teammate? And and so those were the three th- areas that we were laser focused on, uh, uncompromising about the people that we had in place as leaders. And oftentimes we would get feedback from other people that were a part of the hiring process. And, and uh, you know, they would ask us to look the other way in certain areas because of the talent level of a certain executive coach or or, or scout, or even player, and and we just wouldn't do it, and uh, we just stayed focused on on those absolutes, and uh, felt that that's what made our culture so strong, and uh, eventually created the success that we enjoyed in the small market. Wow, I, I didn't think about the consistency needs to be <laughs> in the organization, in the organization, too, yeah. because it's almost impossible to keep consistency in players with with free agency and all that. But if you, there is a place you can have consistency and that's that's at the front office that that that's really something i i have never even heard before and dayton we we hear you talking about the uh i think the moral character that you wanted in the organization and i know in 2016 you were the featured speaker at the national prayer breakfast luncheon uh tell us a little bit about that how that was to speak at that well that, that was a great honor and um you know what I think, you know, one of the things that, you know, we, we've tried to do it a little differently. And, um, and, 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 and what I mean by that is, like I said before, we've always just very, been very consumed and concerned about how can we come alongside of our players and help them become men. And, you know, there's a lot, I've been dealing with 16 to 25 year olds my entire professional life. And so I know the challenges they have. I know their insecurities. I know the things that they face. And, and so we, we've never been ashamed or, or, or shied away from tackling the major issues that young players deal with. And, um, and we've taken them on and we've been outspoken about it. And, and, um, 
and it's 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 brought us a lot of criticism <clears throat> um, along the way, but it's also, I believe, demonstrated um, uh, some courage and leadership, and I think people have applauded that. And and uh, and so we were. I mean, winning a World Series obviously helped, but yeah. I think yeah. as as the powers to be. Um, began to uncover and dissect, you know, what our leadership style was. I mean, they just respected the fact that we were willing to take on some of those tough issues. You know, we, I was speaking in Lansing Correctional Facility um, back in, in, uh, in, in 2016, and um, uh, the oldest prison in Kansas. In fact, it was built during President Lincoln's uh, presidency. And uh, I was making a presentation from, from in one area, and I was walking to another area, through the courtyard to make another presentation. And a, a young uh, uh, man came up to me and he said, hey, look, Mr. Moore, he said, look, when I get out of here, do you think I could come work for the Royals? And I said to him, I said, sure, you know, we're always looking for good people. And I said to him, well, what are you in here for? And he said, um, I raped a girl when I was 15. And that to him, when did you see pornography? He said, when I was 12. And so a light came on immediately. And I said, you know what? We're not doing enough in our organization, 16 to 25-year-old boys trying to become men, to talk about the harmful effects that pornography can have, not only on relationships, but how it can affect your brain. And so we, we did this seminar. It made national news. Um, you can imagine the criticism that we received. Um, you know, I was very open to our players about when I first saw pornography and how it gave me a distorted view. And so my point is, I bring that up because we've always been transparent about the things that uh, affect us as leaders, as, as young men. And, and, and when you're asked to lead young players, um, you, you've got to address the tough issues that they deal with, or you're simply not doing it justice. You're not being the leader um, that, uh, that you're supposed to be if you're not guiding the players in the right manner. And so I think that was part of it, um, you know, some of the things like that. And you know, a lot of people admired that, the courage to, to do those types of things. And, and, um, and so it opened up some doors in, in that area. So I, I guess that, that really kind of ties in to the, um, um, the, the C10 mentoring and leadership program that, that you started in 18. It, it, was that kind of that coming, even getting more organized, that same thought? Well, we, we all know the importance of mentors. Yeah. And uh, we actually started our C in the Major Leagues Foundation in 2014. And, and, um, and it, it kind of developed into this mentoring program. And, uh, you know, we come alongside of, you know, 20 students in, in different areas of Kansas City, and uh, they all have mentors. And we just simply do life with them and their families. And uh, it's, it's been extremely rewarding. It's probably the most impactful thing that we've done in Kansas City, in my opinion, because we've seen life change. Uh, you know, the majority of these students are, are, are in homes without a father who's president. We are present. We all know the importance of, of strong male leadership in, in the development of our youth. And, uh, and we've tried to just kind of come in and, and, uh, and fill in that gap, if you will. But it's, it's been very rewarding. We've got plans to do even more impactful things in the future. And uh, it, it's been an exciting journey for us. 
We'll come back. We'll finish our conversation uh, with Dayton Moore when Rick and Bubba University, the podcast continues. So, Bubba, you, uh, you and I get to do the big show Monday through Friday, and so we see all the latest reports, and uh, you realize that the American net income uh, has dropped by over $6 trillion, uh, just in the second quarter this year. That is the most, by the way, on record. Oh, yeah. Well, sure. Hello. Sure. Uh, we already know that um, you know the, the current administration is doing everything in their power to keep us in the dark uh, uh, because they know – that uh, they want to keep to hold on to power, and it looks like they may hold on to some of it. They've they've lost the majority in the House, and but then they're looking at that twenty twenty four election as well. So, um, what is going to happen? Do you think when this current party uh, and administration has no incentive to hold back? They know that they're they, they're they're going to run out the, their clock. Katie bar the door. Katie baby. bar the door. So I, I think it's wise for us to take a look. Uh, at diversifying any IRA or 401k that you have with physical gold and silver, and a lot Allegiance Gold can really help you. Now, they 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 can certainly go into your 401k and help you, or your IRA and diversify that. But you may just want it securely delivered physically to your front door, and they can do that too. Allegiance Gold has some of the highest ratings in the industry, uh, five stars with TrustLink and AAA rated with the Business Consumer Alliance and an A plus from the Better Business Bureau. Now, if you want to get the best offer that they've ever uh, offered, go to protectwithrickbubba.com. Just put our names together. Protectwithrickbubba.com. Get the best offer uh, yet, up to $2,500 of free silver on a qualifying purchase when you tell them that Rick and Bubba uh, told them, told you to contact them. If you go to the URL, that'll take care of it, protectwithrickbubba.com. But if you call them, you need to mention us, 844-790-9191. You may not be able to control the current administration, but you can prepare for the consequences of their policies. Protectwithrickbubba.com. That's protectwithrickbubba.com. Dayton Moore, he's our guest. Uh, we have our final seven minutes or so with uh, with Dayton. Dayton, thanks for taking time to be with us Um so we've talked about uh, you know your your time in baseball. We've talked about some of the the concepts uh, to a to the process of of getting to uh, championships, but more importantly, also making an impact uh, uh, wherever your team is located and using this platform uh, to to accomplish great things. Um, just recently, you uh, you founded Unite KC. Uh, and you serve as the president of the board of the directors. What 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 is this organization, and what's the goal? Well, you know, it's um, so when when we had the George Floyd incident across our country, and uh, you know we, um, you know, all of the different opinions and and uh, emotions that are taking place, and and we all know it's very difficult and impossible for some to, to um, articulate emotions and feelings, no matter how hard you try, it just doesn't come out right. And, and uh, I think that continued uh, to be a common theme throughout our community and our country. And so, you know, we just felt that unless we can bring the faith community together, issues of racism, issues of police brutality are, are simply not going to be solved. And, uh, you know, we, we took our entire front office in, in 2017 to study at uh, the King Center in Atlanta, Georgia. 
and uh, to study the leadership principles of Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King. And as we all know, um, the, the civil rights era was, was formed and uh, on faith. It was men of faith, women of faith coming together and uh, to help solve some of these issues. And, and so that is our attempt, that is our goal, to bring the men and women of faith of Kansas City throughout all the different domains uh, to come together to help solve some of these issues. And, and what I have found, and I'm sure what you have found as well, whenever I try to solve things myself in my own mm. strength, in my own way, um, oftentimes it just gets more twisted and more tangled. And, and we just believe that the issues of the day are unsolvable without God. And, mm. um, and that was the spirit in which we started Unite Casey. It's been amazing. Uh, you know, we're continuing to see growth and, and, and just being able to unite and bring the faith community together to say, hey, look, we're not perfect. Um, you know, we're, we're not for we're not against certain things, but this is what we're for and, and talk more about what we're for and what we're against. And, and so I think there was just incredible pressure on people from all walks of life during that period of time where they felt they needed to stand up and pick sides and, and, and be vocal about certain areas. And we were saying, no, we, let's, just, let's just give this to God. Let's just come together as men and women of faith and, and pray together and, uh, and, and acknowledge that we need to try to do better, but we can't do better in our own strength. Apart from God, we simply can't do anything. And so that's what Unite KC is about. And uh, I'm proud of the growth and and our membership and some of the things we're, we're able to continue to do and will continue to do in Kansas City. Dayton, uh, l- let me ask you this, because we deal with this, I think a lot of Christians do. Yeah. Um, what you're saying, I understand completely. To me, uh, the Bible is inspired. It's perfection. It's meaning. It's very clear. Um, and... You know, if you follow that, it seems like things, you know, uh, are, are much clearer. But we have people today that are interpreting that different. Uh, they they say that doesn't apply to them because they they come from a different culture. Uh, how do you how do you cross those bridges? You know, I've always felt that whatever I want seen in my family, whatever I want seen in, in my community, my team, I've got to model that behavior. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> I've always felt you have to lead yourself well, model the behavior you want seen in others. You know, I got fired in se- September 20th and uh, been with the Royals 16 years and I got to let go. Came out of left field, wasn't expecting it. Uh, the team's going to be good. Everybody in baseball knows the team's going to be good. Of course, there's always, you know, some different circumstances behind the scenes that are taking place and, and what have you. But this is what I told our, this is what I told our leadership team. <clears throat> I said to them, I said, please forgive me if I've ever hurt you, disappointed you uh, in any way during the 16 years that I've been the general manager here in Kansas City. Those days when I was kind, those days when I was generous, those days when I was thoughtful and responding instead of reacting, uh, those days that I was full of grace, those were the days that I was walking with God. Those are the days when, when Jesus was closest to me. The days where uh, I acted inappropriately, the days when 
maybe a cuss word or two came out of my mouth. Uh, the days that I wasn't kind, uh, the days that I wasn't uh, uh, giving you the necessary time and attention uh, required to lead well, those are the days that I wasn't walking with God and Jesus wasn't uh, next to me. And so please forgive me for that. And so those are the types of conversations that, that I, I'd like, I like to have. And I think that um, for relationships to grow deep, for relationships to be as meaningful as we desire them to be, we have to be transparent. We have to be vulnerable. Uh, we have to uh, uh, um, know what we don't know. But at the end of the day, um, you know, you, you've, you've got to be real with people. Uh, forgiveness is a huge part of that. You know, there's two things I learned in the journey in Kansas City. There's two things I learned. One, you can't quit. And there's a lot of days you're feeling burnout and you're feeling frustrated and you feel like maybe there's something else I ought to be doing. But you've got to persevere and you can't quit. Um, my faith allows me to do that. Having people around me who are encouragers allow me to do that. But the other thing you can't the other thing you got to do every single day is forgive. You got to you got to practice daily forgiveness because there's always somebody that can do it better. There's people talking behind your back. There's people looking at you with a very critical spirit and without the ability to forgive and Jesus directs us to forgive. Um, it's hard to move forward uh, as a leader on a daily basis with a freed up, clear mind to make decisions, to love on people and to put others first. It's simply it was simply impossible for that. In those days when I felt like quitting and doing something else and I traced it back to why it always came back that, that there was something in my life that I needed to forgive or get away or give away. And so again, it, it, it always goes back to the gospels. It goes back to, you know, my faith in Christ. Thank you, Dayton Moore. Um, uh, there's really nothing to add to that. I yeah. appreciate you taking time to be with us today. It's been, it's been a great conversation and I look forward to conversations. I hope that God sets up for us to have in the future. Thanks to all of you for joining us on this edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast.